We're rocking and rolling here. I'm Chris. This is Billy. This is the Dirty Water Podcast, episode 13, Wednesday, October 21st, 2020. This is lucky number 13. We are in the Sandcastle. I'm back. Sorry for missing out last week. We were doing a lot to get this space winterized, deal with the rooftop, putting a lot of tarps. So as you're getting in here over the next month, don't be afraid of our outdoor spaces. We're going to make them nice and toasty for everyone, which is what we were doing last week. We were kind of running out of time when Billy and I normally record in the afternoons on Wednesday. So, Billy, how was the solo show, man? I missed you a little bit, but it was fun just kind of having my own thing, running through things really fast. I uh, didn't have anybody to argue with, so I missed you a little bit there. Uh, my pick certainly missed the luck that I hope we get with Lucky Episode 13 here. Uh, last week's recap, the one thing I will hang my hat on, when the MLB playoffs started, we picked our World Series matchups, and I called the Rays and the Dodgers. Yeah. I know that wasn't you know the, the two one seeds. It's not a wild take, but even to be able to pick the matchup is fun in and of itself. Uh, the other MLB picks I had for you last week, I was saying this was when uh, the Braves were up 3-1. to one. I thought they were going to take it, so I, I said bet them money line uh, as dogs each game until they won it. They didn't win it, so that's a loss. And then I did call the Rays pulling out the end of that series as well. Again, my pick there was just money line if they don't win game six double money line for game seven so that one paid out a winner so one and one in the mlb ncaa football i was two and three so not a great week my winners were bama wake forest my losers were unc auburn miami then the nfl last week i was seven and seven you were six and eight so i'm still ahead for the season right you are not ahead for the season i am 48 43 and two you are 42 47 and two so we're both near near 500 i gotta do better all right, I gotta stop saying I'm ahead. I gotta do better. Hey, this week I'm gonna like I'm gonna bang out 13 wins. 13. 13. 13. Lucky number 13. That's today. I'm gonna get right. 13 wins this week. All right, NFL. we'll see. Um, so that's the recap. Let's get started. It's World Series time. The yeah. only two sports we have going on are baseball and football. So we'll start with baseball. Last night was Game One. Rays Dodgers. Um, a little bit of interesting t- statistics here. Obviously, the Dodgers won that game pretty handily. Um, I managed to write down the lines before that game started just so we could look at how that changed. For the series, originally the Rays were plus 165, the Dodgers were minus 210. After that first game one win for the Dodgers, they are now minus 420. Nice. Or plus 330 for the Rays. Not that, now that's not a bad money play. I think the Rays do. I would lean towards the Dodgers winning this series. I said from our very first episode, they kind of have to win the World Series this year, or what the hell more does this organization do? With that all said, I like the Rays from the beginning in the AL. Um, it got a plus 330. For a team that has showed they can easily bounce back, they dropped game one to the Yankees, then yep. they started smacking them around after that. Uh, I'm not saying I'm picking the Rays to win the World Series. I'm saying plus 330 to pick the Rays is a pretty nice little number right now. Yeah, I, I you know. If I had to pick something money line, which is not what I'm going to do, I would pick the Rays too, just because, again, I hate betting heavy favorites. Anything over minus 400 to me just doesn't have value to it. So I'm going to stay away from Dodgers plus or minus 420. Plus, for, let me, let me inter, uh, interject here for a second. Yeah. You've talked about this before. If there's a dog you like and they drop game one of a seven-game series, which obviously moves the number, this is now the time to jump all over it yeah. mathematically. Yeah. So this is one of those situations if you believe in the Tampa Rays. Agreed, because here's the thought, right? This is the best odds you'll have 
if the Rays are going to win this, in my opinion, because if they win the next game, obviously you won't get as much value. If they lose the next game, then they're in trouble. It's fucking tough to come yeah. back from 0-2. So, yeah, I agree with you. If you like the Rays, plus 330, now's the this time, is the time. To hit it. However, my picks here, I have one for, for game two. The starters tonight are Blake Snell for the Rays and Gonsolin for the Dodgers. Which is a bullpen guy, so they're, they're going to go a mix and match game. The Dodgers are not starting a starter tonight, right. which, which is interesting because they're kind of trying to play Rays baseball against the Rays here. And the Dodgers, who are traditionally known for great starting pitching, are going without a starter tonight. So we're kind of flip-flopping the normalcy here uh, with the identity of these two teams. Yeah, and, and the Rays for the game are dogs at plus 125. Dodgers are favored at minus 135. My pick is for the Rays. I really like Blake Snell. Uh, he's been pitching great. He didn't give up any earned runs in his last game, his last outing versus the Astros. And they pulled him awfully early. They pulled him early. I think they're going to let him cook a little bit, assuming he's playing well. I like the Rays here. I just like the matchup. Not, not knowing, you know, who the Dodgers are really going to throw in after Gonsolin. Uh, my money and my pick is on the Rays plus 125 for game two. It's interesting in this series, the way game one was managed. You know, the Rays, we've talked about this since week one of, of this podcast. They approach baseball in a much more flexible way than most teams. Most teams are like the Dodgers, like the Nats were last year. You have your traditional starters, you have your stud starters, and then you have your deep bullpen guys. And maybe if everything is great, you can avoid using middle relief and using a lot of different arms. That's what, traditional baseball. Right. The, the Rays are the opposite. The Rays throw guys out there. Starters, relievers, start with a reliever, close with a starter. Who the hell knows? We just have like 13 pitchers that we use. Although the Rays do have a couple of traditional starters available to them, like Snell tonight. Glasnow. Like Glasnow last night. So this, this, this rolls me back to what happened last night. We, we talked about this off the air. I saw a stat in the third inning, and this is when this game was still zip-zip, that Glasnow, by the middle of the third inning, had already thrown eight 100-mile-an-hour pitches. In my mind, I'm like, okay, Rays baseball – Glasnow's going four innings, that's it. Then they're going to go to the pen and mix and match and try to win Rays baseball style. Mm -hmm. When they left him in for the fifth, and he was already at, he, I think he finished him 105 pitches in four and a third innings, throwing hard. Hard, yeah. I think it was very kind of obvious as it goes, he was going to weaken. One, two, this is the complete opposite way that they manage series and games and it shocked me that Glasnow was in for the fifth inning after giving him two runs in the fourth um and now it's going to be interesting tonight we talked about Snell Snell in the Astros series he got he got the early hook at having not given up a run and and I think he went on air he didn't quote unquote complain because it seems like they have some good relationships there but he did say yeah I would have liked to have stayed in the game I'm hoping that the Rays aren't changing who they are thinking oh my God, we're in the World Series. We have to do something better than what we normally do. Any kind of great team, you win by doing what you do well and doing it all the way through. And you made this comment to me off the air. Was the media commentary after Snell got pulled against the Astros a factor in why Glass now stayed in the game right. last night longer than he should have, and now Snell's back on the mound. How's that going to play out tonight? I know that was a really, like, seven-part question, but yeah. I think it matters. Yeah, no, and, and I, I think looking at Glasnow's performance last night, I love Glasnow. Best, uh, well, I won't say best, top five hair in the NBA. Oh, NFL. he's got flow, he's man. He's got flow. Um, but, but, yeah, I, I think what it was is, right, he's never been pitching in a World Series game. Right. A relatively young guy, hasn't been on teams. He was on the Pirates, you know, teams that weren't contenders. So 
his first World Series start, game one. He's probably a little overexcited, putting a little too much juice on it. That's dangerous, um, though. You start, you start coming out, and we, and we get it. It's game one of the World Series. Pitches that are normally 97 in the first two innings are 100, 101. I mean, it said in the middle of the third inning, he's thrown eight pitches over 100 miles an hour. Yeah. I said to myself, that ain't good, or he's going short, and he didn't. And that turned out to be a very bad recipe for him last night in the fifth inning yeah so i'm you know i'm hoping for my bet on the Rays game too that that snell saw that settles down says hey i can't you know start throwing everything i've got in the first couple innings and i hope he can go five or six i love that that for my bet there so series odds though um obviously we said dodgers minus 420 Rays plus 330 um if you guys have listened to this podcast before you've heard me bet this way before when you like a favorite in the series, uh, a heavy favorite, you know, minus 300 or more, I love betting series outcomes, not just, you know, are they going to win, yes or no, um, but specifically how, breaking down how I'm going to do that. Uh, again, I like the Dodgers here. Um, again, if you like the Rays, now's the time to bet them. I personally like the Dodgers, so I'm going to pick where they win. Plus, uh, in four games, sweep is plus 385 game is 270 six game is 340 i feel a five and six coming billy seven games is 500 you are exactly right i like dodgers in five or six i don't think this is going to be a sweep the the rays are have good starting pitching good relievers they're going to steal a game or two um i think the way i lose this bet is if they lose in seven but i'm going i'm taking both dodgers in five at plus 270 and dodgers in six at plus 340. I tend to think the Dodgers are going to win this in a, in a middle-type series, too. Um, I'm not sure I love Snell tonight. I, I could see him go down 2-0. Charlie Morton in Game 3, he's like the most automatic. Who the hell's Charlie Morton? Charlie Morton's like the most automatic playoff pitcher right now for several different teams. I love him in Game 3. If Snell can get through this game and the Rays can find a way to win, now I think I'm jumping on the Rays bandwagon a little bit. I don't think they'll win tonight. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, that's again, it's a way to turn the Dodgers who are a minus 420 favorite into plus money with, with this bet. If they win in five, you would win $17 for every 10 you risk. If they win in six, you would win $24 for every 10 that you risk. So it, it's a way to, to turn these, this betting into something that gives you better odds than just betting straight on the money line. So that's my pick. Um, the other topic I wanted to get into MVP odds. Yeah. So I wrote all the lines down before the series started. Um, obviously, the Dodgers won game one, which means it's kind of a boost for all of the Dodgers players because if you're more likely to win the series, you're more likely to have a guy on that team sure. win the MVP. Um, so by far, the favorite right now is Mookie Betts. He started at plus 800 before the game. He's now plus 225. I like that bet. I know it's a favorite. I don't normally bet favorites, but like, you got to think about the storylines too. Where right. Like Betts moves to that team. He's been like an all-star player on the Sox. Now he's going to go to to the Dodgers. Win a World and he had a great series. game. One stole three bases. Had a couple hits. Had big hits. I mean, yeah, hit a homer. Yeah. Like he, he's he's hitting really well. I think he went uh, two for four at the plate, hitting five hundred. Um, the other people that are worth noting: Glasnow, after his tough performance, dropped from plus nine hundred, who was the favorite for the Rays now to plus 5,000. I mean, if you're a starting pitcher and take a loss, you might as well be off the board yeah. as an MVP. You, to yeah. win the MVP as a starting pitcher, it's got to be a situation like Strasburg last year. You go 2-0 in your starts and maybe give some relief innings. Right. If you take an L, that, like, I don't even know why he's plus 5,000. He cannot win the yeah, MVP. You might, I, I think Vegas wants to keep the odds in something where it's like, oh, he's got a lot of value and, and people might still bet him, but it's not worth your money. 
Um, other people I think are worth noting here. Cody Bellinger actually on the Dodgers dropped from plus 1,000 to plus 1,500. Just because of Mookie probably. Because, because other people on the team performed better. Um, namely some of the hitters. I love Chris Taylor. Actually, fun story. He went to my middle school and high school. Played, Get out of town. Played baseball with my brother um, a little bit. He's from Virginia Beach, then went to the college I went to at UVA. Go Hoos. Oh, here we go. Um, he actually had the best batting average on the team, had three at-bats and two hits, um, scored a run, and had an RBI. So he went from something I didn't even have on my board to plus 2,200. So if he keeps batting well, I could definitely see him getting it. But it's tough against Mookie Betts, but if you're looking for more of a long shot, plus 2,200 for Chris Taylor. Um, notable also was Kershaw's performance was pretty damn good. Yeah, he was. He started at plus 1,200s, now at plus 450. I think there's a lot of sentiment, too. Much like you said, Mookie's a story. I think Kershaw's yes, a story. Agreed. Kershaw has been the best pitcher in baseball for the last decade. I, I don't even think it's close, he's even Verlando's. But in the playoffs, he's been a choker. So he finally had that great opening game one World Series performance last night. He's been great throughout the playoffs, really. Um, so I, I would almost say there's a lot of people who want to give it to him. Uh, if, if this turns out to be a five-game series for the Dodgers and he pitches games one and five, I would, I would say Kershaw is going to win the MVP. Yep. Uh, we talked off air. Charlie Morton, I brought him up a few minutes ago. I, I love him in game three. That lines him up for game seven if we were to somehow go that far. And this guy has so money in the playoffs. He's, it's just, he's like John Lester was for the Sox or Andy Pettit for the Yankees. There's just certain guys that are great playoff pitchers and World Series pitchers, even if they're just good, not dominant starters mm -hmm. during the year. He's one of those guys. If you think the Rays are going to win this series, if you're someone who is betting the money line starting tonight on the Rays winning this thing, which would probably be in seven games, you might also want to think about taking Charlie Morton as the MVP. He's lined up the pitch game three, which in turn would line him up the pitch game seven. Agreed. A guy who would go two and oh, and one of those two is the game seven. And I know I'm, I'm making like 70, putting 73 puzzle pieces together of something that may not happen. But again, we're talking about long shots and value here. Right. A couple bucks on Charlie Morton might not be a bad pick. Yeah, so Morton went from plus 1,500 to plus 2,500. Obviously, he hasn't played, so it's, yeah, yeah. You know, that's solely because the Dodgers won that game. Uh, the other person who I like, uh, obviously I talked about earlier, I like Blake Snell in this game. Um, he went from plus 1,500 to plus 2,200. Right. Um, so my picks, you know, the, the ones I'm really going to put money on are Betts and Kershaw. Betts is plus 225, Kershaw is plus 450, so you can put, let's say you put 100 bucks on each of them. If Betts wins, you net 125. If Kershaw wins, you net 350. Um, and, and as two favorites, liking where the Dodgers are at to win this series, likely one of those two guys are going to get it. Um, and then maybe sprinkle a little on the long shots of uh, Taylor. Again, I really liked his performance, best batting average on the Dodgers so far. And Blake Snell uh, is my pick. I know you would you would rather take Morton for the Rays, but always throw in a little bit just in case that you know if, if the Rays find a way to win this, it's going to be tough to get a, an MVP out of right. that too. So yeah, fair point. Any other thoughts? Now let's get into some MLB? football, man. All right. Well, you guys know in in off days like today on Wednesday when there's no other sports on right now, it's just baseball and football. You know, Dirty Water is going to have all the World Series games on with twenty twenty dollar open bar. From 8 o'clock till the end of the game, we're here, we're open, we're ready for you. Come on in, uh, watch the World Series. Come grab one of these crispy little Bud Light seltzers. I love the strawberries. It's good.
I'm a black cherry guy myself today. Um, let's jump to NCAA football. So we're, what, five games in, four games in? Yeah, well, we're, what are we in? Because the Big Ten launches this weekend, yeah. so we don't know how many games we're in. It depends on what conference yeah, you play in. Depends, depends. Uh, the SEC is like in their fourth game coming up, the ACC their fifth, the Big Ten their first, the Pac-12 is still another week away. So college football has been crazy this year with all these staggered start times. But I think, I think it is a big moment that the Big Ten is now here. Uh, if there's two major conferences, no offense to the UVA folk out there, but the ACC is like Clemson and everybody else. The two big conferences in college football are the SEC and the Big Ten, bottom line. They have the most teams that are, have the biggest fan bases. They're the most competitive teams that can compete for national titles. So the SEC has been going for a month, and here we are, Big Ten football. So to me, now the season really is starting. Yeah, if I was like a Notre Dame fan, I would take offense at your comment. Or they, even, but they've only played even, two games anyway. Even Miami this season would take offense at your comment. But I'm not, I know my team's not a contender, so I won't. Um, let's get into some of the games here. So my thoughts on picking these games were, you know, teams that are close to us. You know, we're a, we're a Georgia Dogs bar. They have a bye week this yeah. week, so no game for them. Uh, we'll talk about Maryland in just a second. Um, but other than that, I wanted to pick the matchups that were top 25 teams going head-to-head. -head. We have four of those this week. We'll start with number 23, NC State in the ACC, at number 14, UNC. Uh, UNC's coming off a tough loss versus FSU. They are 17-point favorites, however, at home. I, I, I like the Wolfpack. Uh, I thought from, from day one when, when I saw, I didn't even realize until about game day last week that Carolina was number five. Now, I didn't think Florida State was going to beat them. Great job, Knowles. Um, that's a big win, especially where the Knowles were just a couple of weeks ago. I mean, right. my God, they lost to Georgia Tech on opening day. And now they just beat the number five team in the country, who I don't think is the number five team in the country. If we go back several weeks, we talked pretty poorly about NC State when they lost to Virginia Tech. When Virginia Tech had like 20 guys out with COVID, yep. we were kind of making fun of the Wolfpack. Now they're hot. The Tar Heels are a little cold. 17 points is a lot of points for a cold team. So I'm going to take the plus on that and take NC State. Yeah, so I'm going to take UNC with, with the, the logic that these two teams have been trending in a certain direction. I expect that to change. I expect them to regress. It's a big to, number, though. To UNC. It, it, 17 is a lot of points, but it's college football. Anything yeah. can happen. We watched UNC hang, I think, 56 on Virginia Tech sure. the other week. So they can score to cover that number. I'm going UNC in kind of a bounce back game here after people are down on them because of the Florida State loss. So that's that game. Next game, 17, Iowa State at number six, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State is a minus three and a half favorite at home. I don't care if it's minus three and a half or minus 23 and a half. Mike Gundy has the best hair in college sports of any <laughs> coach. I can't pick against that guy. I love him. That mullet is gorgeous. So I've got the Cowboys minus the three and a half because, I mean, that hair is worth at least 10 points on its own. Yeah, I mean, you know I'm a big, I'm a big hair guy. I think that matters too. I'm also going with Oklahoma State minus <laughs> three and a half. To me, it just seems like, and maybe I'm reading into their AP poll rankings too much, but a team that's number six should beat the number 17 team by a touchdown plus. And, and maybe I'm, I'm reading into the rankings too much, but if Oklahoma State deserves to be a top six team in the country, they're going to win this game by more than three and a half. All right. Now, our first Big Ten matchup, number 18, Michigan, at number 21, Minnesota. Minnesota at home is a three and a half point dog. I'm going to go with Harbaugh. I'm going to go with the Wolverines. Um, I, 
I think what a lot of college football fans would love to see is Ohio State and Michigan clash at the end of the year, both undefeated. So maybe this is just me thinking like that would be cool. And I, so I, I kind of have no reason to pick Minnesota. I have no actual football logic base in my pick. I'm simply taking Michigan because I think it would be cool if Ohio State and Michigan played an undefeated game. That's it. Yeah, so, so I'm, I'm going to do the opposite. I, I was going to take whoever was the dog in this one. Um, so I'm going to ride with Minnesota plus three and a half. I think because we haven't seen either of these teams play, like setting that line is tough. I'm honestly going to, uh, you know, I'm going to look at betting them on the money line too. Just and in fairness, Minnesota had one of their best years last year. Golden in, Gophers. In, in, you know, one of, one of the better mascots in the, the oh, Golden Gophers. Awesome. Golden awesome. Gophers. Uh, but, but for me, it's because you haven't seen either of these teams I think if, if you just had to run down the slate of all the Big Ten you know, matchups, i just pick the dogs on the money line sure. in, in all of them because we don't really know what's going to happen, and I think we might see some upsets. So I'm hoping that is one of them with my Minnesota pick. What's so unique about this college football season is you're not getting those first two, three weeks of the non-conference games to teach you a little bit about these teams before they hit the conference. So to Billy's point, I, I totally get what you're saying. Take the dog, take the money line because we don't know. Normally we would know something. Not that you could always judge – what they do to non-conference game against Murray State, what have you, but at least you'll see the players in the field and what maybe their game speed, their quarterback, what have you, the speed of their pass rush. We don't know anything. Right. Um, so I, I, your logic is sound with that. So next one uh, is the closest matchup we've had yet. Number nine, Cincinnati is on the road at number 16, SMU. SMU, I thought it would be an underdog, but they are two and a half point favorites versus the number nine team in the country. I'm going to give you guys a little math. Billy's usually the math guy. I'm going to take over for one second here. 100% in these situations where you have a road dog that is a dog by less than three, you should always take the money line on the dog. Vegas automatically gives a home team three points. They've done it for years. I've talked to enough people out of Vegas. It's, it is an automatic three ball when oftentimes it's not warranted. We're now in a time where there's not even fans in the stands or very limited fans. And I'm talking about when there's actually packed stadiums or semi-packed stadiums. Although a game like Cincinnati SMU would be a semi-packed stadium. This isn't an SEC or a Big Ten game where there's some level of home field advantage. Vegas is telling you Cincinnati's the better team. If they're two and a half point dogs and they've been taking three points away because of that three point home theory. Right. Vegas is telling you Cincinnati's better. Take Cincinnati, go ahead, make some extra money on it, bet the money line. I'll bet you 80% of the time in these situations that road team wins the game. All right. Well, I've got Cincinnati as well for kind of the same reason as the Oklahoma State game where it's like... The hair? <laughs> no. no. I, I'm not familiar with Cincinnati's <laughs> coaching staff. Do, do they have great flow, great lettuce going on? I don't know. I don't know if Cincinnati's a flow kind of city. It gets a little chilly, so maybe they got some, some long hair to cover the east there. They have some good, speaking of chili, though, if you ever have some good Cincinnati chili. Skyline chili is trash. Don't get me started what? on that. You put chili on pasta? Like what's That's it? awesome. It's Who doesn't soup, like chili? Mac? It's soupy chili. I don't know. Don't oh, my God. Stuff. Chili and cheese and a little pasta thrown in? Come on, man. What's wrong with you? I do not oh, stand. Oh, I couldn't disagree I more. I do not stand Skyline chili. I think next week I'm going to have a fucking bowl of that just to, just, just to, just to eat it in front of you and piss you off. But I do, like, sounds good. I do like Cincinnati in this game as well. Part of it is that three number that I talk about where it's like, you know, they don't need much to, to cover here. But... I think they're the better team. Um, I don't think they're a top 10 team, but I don't know that, you know, I don't think they're worse than And too late to guess immune overtime last week. So as a, as a Wave alum, I know we ain't that good, 
And if we can push SMU to overtime, it tells you how good SMU might be. Right. Yeah, I, I think since he's a better team, I'm not worried about, you know, home field. And, you know, if, if we get a couple points because of that, even better. So I like Cincy in that game. Um, next one is my University of Virginia Wahoos at the number 11 team in the country, Miami. Miami. They are 11 and a half point favorites. The Canes are at home. Um, I've got to go with Miami here. I picked against UVA last week. I'm going to pick against us this week. Don't shoot me, Wahoo fans. But, uh, look, we're, we're not starting our starting quarterback. There's question marks about, you know, who we're even going to play. We had this transfer from Mississippi State and Keaton Thompson, who has, has been a starter at wide receiver for us, uh, coming in some wildcat formations. There's some rumors he's going to throw more, but totally unproven guy. Our backup, Wendell Stone, looks like he has Burger King three meals a day like I just I don't trust our <laughs> offense our, our defense I think is the only reason why we would cover I here. like your defense um, and, and they're decent they had a, a tough week last week and I think they could bounce back but I just don't think our offense scores enough to keep it within uh, 11 and a half here I, I like a bit of a defensive struggle here uh, there's no doubt that the U is back on the rise but it's still a gentle rise I think some people when they saw that high ranking pre Clemson game excited that the U is back I think they're heading in the right direction. I think they do have a good defense. I think they're still pretty limited on offense. I like a low-scoring game, and just because I like a lower-scoring game, I'm actually going to take Virginia plus the points. I think it's going to stay tight. I think Miami wins the game by maybe a touchdown. But I think we're looking at, you know, this could be like a kind of 20 to 13 kind of game. Yeah, I think for UVA to keep it close and cover, they have to make Derek King throw the ball. When, when Miami can run the ball effectively, and he, runs, yeah. and he loves to run it, he's fast. Um, but if we can, if we can set that, that defensive line, if we can hold the edge and not let him get outside of the pocket and he passes it, I see us having a couple interceptions and being able to keep it close. And that's the key to the game for me. So let's go to the next one here. I picked this game, not because it's going to be any sort of a good game, but it's the biggest line I've seen in college football yet. Clemson at home is <laughs> 45 and a half point favorites over Syracuse. 45. I mean, I've been big on, like, Clemson minus the points no matter what because I just think they're dominant. Uh, they've actually struggled with Syracuse in the past. They lost the game about three, four years ago. The following year, it came down to the last possession of the game. Same coaching staff, obviously different players at this point because this, this was back, uh, you know, pre the current Clemson unit that's, that's already won one title. Yeah, I got to take plus the points. That's just a ridiculous number. I mean, Syracuse, if you lose a game by more than 45 points, what the hell are you doing having a college football program in the ACC? So, plus the points here because that's ridiculous. Yeah, I think Clemson won like 75 to 7 or something last <laughs> week. It was pretty silly. 73 to 7, they beat Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech's um, horrible, though. Georgia Tech is bad, but, you know, I think this spread is a little bit of an overreaction to that game. Probably. I'm also going with Cuse. Um, it's just, that's just a hell of a lot of points. That's too many points. Cuse is not going to score more than 17 points, but I'm hoping they can hold Clemson to something under 60. Yeah, isn't so, that funny saying that? Under 60. Under 60. So we'll, we'll see about that one. All right, the last game, I know you're having a little watch party here for it. Well, Terps in D.C. action. Maryland is at Northwestern. Northwestern is minus 11.5 favorites. We're pretty excited to host uh, a lot of the Terps alumni now. They've been coming in a little more and more lately since we've reopened. We're really pumped about that. This is an off week for UGA, so this is kind of an experiment to, like, put some Big Ten football on instead of SEC football this week. Uh, we're hoping to pack the house. We actually are about two tables away from being sold out. So if you need a table, you'd better message Dirty Water DC Instagram like as soon as we get off the air, 
because those tables are going to go. Uh, I like the Terps plus the points. We haven't seen a Big Ten game. Billy's theory is take the underdog. We're representing the Terps here. I got the dog in this game. And let's be honest, I mean, isn't Northwestern a bunch of freaking nerds anyway? What are they doing getting 11 half point favorite in Vegas? Come on. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually, I like Northwestern here. I've got a just a, a general theory that Nor Northwestern at home is like a different team than they are on the road. I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the grass on the field or something, but Northwestern at home is, is always performs well. I got to admit, I don't know jack shit about their team, uh, <laughs> but I'm going with them at home. I, I don't really know. The 11 and a half point line is kind a of lot of points for me, um, but I'm, I'm taking Northwestern just on a bullshit throw of the dart. Um, Sometimes you got to have those. Yeah, you just, you know, you got to pretend like you know what you're talking yeah. about. I'm not even We really, that. neither one of us have a clue about this <laughs> game, just to be quite honest. And that's the end of our college football slate that we're going over. There's a couple other games, obviously, that are happening. Ohio State's going to be on for the first time. All, all those Big Ten teams that are coming out and, and potential contenders are going to be on for the first time. So we really feel like we're back in NCAA football. Um, but that's our picks on those seven games there. Let's jump to the National Football Let's League. Let's do it. Let's do it. It's week seven. Week 13 seven. wins. 13 wins coming today. These picks for next week. We sit here, you're going to be like, what the hell happened? I think there's only like 14 games. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. To be like that's all perfect. I need. All right. That's it. So let's get started. Thursday night football, the New York football Giants at the Philadelphia Eagles. Both these teams are like a game out of first place with one win. E Eagles are half a game out of first. Ridiculous. Like it's baseball standings. Eagles are at home. A lot of injuries to their receiving core, obviously. They are still four-point favorites over the Giants. Um, I, I'm going to watch this game because the last time I thought a Thursday night game was going to be a stinker, I think it was like Miami and Jacksonville, and it yeah. actually was really fun. It was. Um, so we'll see if this one ends up being a stinker. Eagles are four-point favorites at home. Who you got? I got the Giants. Uh, Eagles injuries are a big factor. Both tight ends are out, and Wentz relies on both of those guys yep. quite a bit. Goddard doesn't appear to be back, and we know Ertz is going to be out for a while. On the flip side, the Giants get their whole receiving core back now. Uh, Shepard back. Slayton looked good last week. He got a little bit hurt, but it sounds like he's going to play. Golden Tate really hasn't done it much. He's getting a little older, a little slower. But I think between Slayton, um, Jones, maybe he's coming out of it. They got their first win of the year. Joe yeah. Judge got his first win as a head coach. Yeah, I like the Giants. Uh, usually these Thursday night games are problematic for the road team because of travel and preparation, what have you. I mean, it's a 90-minute drive from the Meadowlands yeah, to, yeah, to the no vet. Travel, really. So travel's not a factor. Um, yeah, I got the Giants. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Eagles and the theory that they're like smelling the blood in the water with the shit that's going on with the Cowboys. Yeah, what they, is going they, on there? You know, I, I think the Eagles stand a better shot at winning this division as a whole. If they're gonna do that, they have to win this game. And I still have the Kettleballers winning the division if Alex Smith takes over. Well, we'll uh, we'll talk about them in just a minute. But I've got the Eagles minus four in that one. I, I think they, you know, sense the weakness in the Cowboys, who are their biggest rival in the division, and and uh, I, I got a minus four. All right, Steelers at Titans, the battle of the undefeated teams. There's only three of them left, Steelers, Titans, Seahawks. Two of them are playing. My Pittsburgh Steelers are going on the road to Tennessee. Tennessee is a plus two-point underdog. I am not pandering to Billy here at all. I got to be honest, Roethlisberger looks phenomenal. Just not, it's not just they were 5-0 and and he's completing passes. I, He's throwing Ben passes that only Ben throws. A lot of sideline stuff across the field, right over guys' shoulders, downfield. He looks so healthy. Um, I like the Steelers. They're a dog here. 
not really worried about the the home. Steelers, Pitt, are, Steelers are two point favorites. Oh, I'm sorry. I right. thought you, I thought you said they were two point dogs. I still like it because winning by a few goals, not much. Uh, I just I, I think at this moment in time, I think my the Pittsburgh Steelers are my pick to win the Super Bowl ahead of even the Chiefs. Wow. I thought the Chiefs. I don't but, actually. I don't like that. You're not allowed to say that because it's going to jinx them. You're going to jinx my team. They look good, man. That offense looks good. Their pass rush looks good. I, I, I'm telling you, in the first five weeks of the season, right now, the Pittsburgh Steelers, are, to me, are the most impressive team in the NFL. I got to win in this game. Yeah, the stupidest pick that I had last week was Browns over Steelers. Uh, it's a, it's always a little bit of an emotional hedge for me when I pick against my team. Um, but they came out and showed that that defense legitimately is, if not the best, top three defense in yeah, the NFL. Looks great. They are for real. Um, I'm taking the Steelers with two here. I think this is the best defense the Titans have faced and will for quite some time. Uh, Derrick Henry's not going to be able to run over that defensive line. We'll see. That's the matchup. Henry there. versus Steelers front. That is the matchup of the night. Um, I, I like the Steelers winning this may, maybe by a touchdown, so I'm with you. Okay, Bills at the New York Jets. The, the New York tank for Trevor Lawrence's. Um, Jets are 13-point underdogs at home. So we talked off air, pulled – Billy pulled up the over-under, and it's 45. On a side note, even though we're picking games, I love the over in this game. This is the first game all year that Darnold's going to play, all three receivers are going to play, and it appears as Beckton, their left tackle, their first-round pick is going to play. Their second-round pick, Mims, is one of those three receivers. Hadn't played yet this year. I actually think we're going to see some life out of the New York Jets. I'm not saying they're going to win the game. I am going to take them plus the points. I don't think the Bills are going to blow them out because I think the Jets are going to score some points this week. The Bills obviously need to bounce back after a tough loss to the Chiefs uh, on Monday afternoon. Um, so I think the Bills still clearly the better team. I just think we finally see some life out of the Jets. I kind of see like a 30 to 20 kind of game. The Jets actually see the end zone a few times, which has not happened all year. A uh, whole hell of a lot. Uh, so yeah, yeah plus, they, Jets plus the points. No, nah, it's pathetic. I think we see the Jets within 13, but on the, on the addition of that, I love the over in this game. I think we're going to see some points. Yeah, I've got the Bills here. Part of it is it, it's just in they need to cover just 13. And if maybe it was 14 or 15, I'd think differently. But I think the Bills, two touchdowns here. They're a good team. I know they've had, what, like two losses now. But, you know, they've lost to some pretty solid teams. It's not like the Bills have put up stinkers. I guess that one game versus the, the Titans was a bad one for them. But Titans are undefeated. Chiefs are not a bad loss. I think the Bills are a much better team than the Jets and taking them to cover 13. All right, the Cleveland Browns coming off a tough loss, as we talked about, at the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow. Bengals are plus three and a half. Oh, you had to give me the hook there because I was, I was about to pick the Browns. You gave me the hook. I'm going to go with the Bengals. Okay. I know that hook shouldn't make me flip, but it just did. God, I've been around Billy too much. The three, <laughs> the the three, three hooks and the seven hooks throw me off. Yep. I do like what Burrow's doing. I actually like what the Bengals' defense is doing. On the flip side, I think the Browns are a good team that just got lambasted by an elite Pittsburgh Steelers team. I think both teams are going to play well. I think this is going to be – this is an old rivalry. I mean, this is the two teams in Ohio. Um, I just think we're going to have actually a great football game, so I'm going to take the dog in this plus three and a half. Yeah, I've got the Browns here. I thought this line was actually a little generous, uh, thinking the Bengals are better than they are. They're not a great team. I know Joe Burrow's kept them in games. They've actually been a, a cover machine. I think yeah. they've covered every game but one so far that they've played. But I think this is a huge bounce-back game for the Browns. The Steelers' defense was elite against them. I think the amount that they lost by versus the Steelers is – 
making people think they're not as good as they are. But look, I mean, the, the Browns are a four and two team. Yeah, they're good. They've lost to the Steelers and the Ravens, who are two of the top five teams in the NFL, probably. Like, I don't think the Browns are a bad team. I saw a Stephen A. Smith quote, man, where he was calling for Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry to demand trades. That's such a fucking overreaction. Like, the Browns are a good team. They're still very much a contender for a wild card spot, uh, especially with an extra team from each division coming in or each conference. Um, I like the Browns here, three and a half. I think they're going to win by touchdown. Packers at Texans. Packers coming off an embarrassing performance versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Texans at home are three-and-a-half-point dogs. Talk, talk about a bounce back. Here comes the bounce back. I, I think the Packers win going away. I don't think this game is very close. I think Rodgers has a great game. He had easily his worst game in several years the other day. That was quite a defensive performance by the Bucs, and if, if that's what the Bucs defense is going to start looking like, that's going to really boost their profile here with what Brady can do with the offense, but that's we'll, we'll discuss the Bucs later. Love the Packers here. I think they win handily. Houston... Uh, they're they're not that AFC South other than Tennessee is pretty bad. I don't love the Colts like some other people do. Uh, don't like the Texans right now. They're not playing great football. Let's go with the Packers. Yeah, I've got the Packers too. A Rod seems like the kind of guy that takes all that shit to heart and plays with the chip on his yeah, shoulder when, when people give him criticism. I think he's going to bounce back. And you know, not only like are the Packers going to win, but I think Aaron Rodgers, if you know. For anyone who has fantasy, Aaron Rodgers is a great yeah. start this week. I he, tend to think he's, he's going to put a big number. He's going to make sure yeah. he gets four touchdowns. Yeah. Like, he's going to throw the If you have Devontae Adams and he's back, he definitely yeah. did. In fantasy, think, Adams is going to be enormous. I think he, he is supposed to be back this game. So, I like the Packers as well, covering three and a half. All right, the Detroit Lions at the Atlanta Flackens, minus three for the Falcons at home. Two teams I don't know how to feel about. I, I expected more out of each of them this year, and they're both – subpar uh falcons are home i like matt ryan a little more than i like matt stafford that number's low enough i'm gonna take the falcons here but i have to admit this is a tough game to pick yeah i I, this is a hard one right because i i'm going with the lions you've got the falcons i'm going with the lions just because they're getting three points i wasn't really sure this this to me if you had said three and a half i might have gone with the lions i'm picking it because it's three to me could have been like anywhere from even the the lions being like a point or a point and a half favorites and i wouldn't have been surprised at that line um, DeAndre Swift is starting to come out of his shell for them. He had like two touchdowns last On my week. fantasy team, baby, some of you who criticized me during the draft, Billy, I knew this guy was a player. It just took, it took a few weeks to get him into the lineup and get him consistent touches because the legend Adrian Peterson's there, and it's hard to say no to him when, he's, when he can still do things. But Swift is a beast. Congratulations. He had one good performance out of seven weeks. I don't think that's anything to write home about. That's but the he most is. recent one. It's the most recent one. Fuck your fantasy team. We're talking about the actual game. I do think the the running game that they have in AP and DeAndre Swift makes them a, a contender. The Falcons have a lot of offense, but not a lot of defense. Right. Um, I'm going to take the Lions here just because, honestly, I was kind of going to take whoever was the dog. Right. Um, I think this is going to be a really good game, one worth watching. I don't know what the over is, but I tend to lean over in that game as well. Uh, not a whole lot of defense, a lot of offense. The last 1 o'clock game. Little division rivalry, a uh, little local team, the Washington Whatevers are at home, a one and a half point underdog versus the Cowgirls. The WSC, the Washington Sports Club, Kettleballers, Treadmillers, uh, Crossfitters, whatever you want to call the Washington Sports Club, they're playing a game. 
As long as they stick with Kyle Allen, they're probably not going to win a whole hell of a lot, although I think they're going to get this one. I'm telling you, Ron Rivera, put Alex Smith in the lineup, leave him in there, and you will win this division this year. Um, I'm going to take Washington anyway because the Cowboys are a flipping mess. That's yeah. my reason. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they, they got to figure out what's going on. I, I'm a big fan of – maybe I shouldn't be because I don't think there's any statistics to back this up, but I'm a big fan of going against whatever team is having locker room drama at the time uh, in terms of team cohesiveness. Obviously, the Cowboys have a bunch of shit going on. They had players this week saying their coaches don't know what they're doing. You know, I think they have a lot of distractions happening. I'm taking Washington as well here as dogs. I think they're going to walk away with a win. All right, let's go to the 4 o'clock slate. We've got four games in the 4 o'clock slate this week. Thank God after we just had two last week. And one of them, and one of them was the friggin' Jets. Dud. Um, and the other one was the Tampa Bay game, which wasn't that close either. Yeah. Um, we'll start with the Seahawks at the Cardinals. The Cardinals are coming off a big win versus a bad team, but a big win nonetheless. Um, the Seahawks are coming off a bye week. Seahawks are three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. I've got the Hawks. I think that bye week is huge. Uh, DK looks like he's going to be Elite. an absolute Hall of Famer, Megatron, all, oh, the, exactly. all the superlatives. DK Metcalf is going to be the best receiver of this generation. He will go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton about 15, 17 years from now. Bank on that. I got the Seahawks, too. I don't think it's going to be very close. Yeah, and, and, you know, I do like Kyler. I do like what their offense is doing, but I think the Seahawks are going to exploit that defense yeah. a little bit. Their passing game is very good, and, and you, know, you know, Chris Carson, the, the, you know, they always have a good running game. So I, uh, I like the Seahawks here. I think, um, you know, their defense, actually, for a team that's undefeated, their defense has shown a little weakness. Oh, no, it's but, not very good, but, yeah, I agree with you. I think Seattle's offense puts, puts the Cardinals way. I think we're looking at, like, a 45-24 game, something like that. All right. Next one is Jags at Chargers. I don't really know what to think about this I game. I don't know how to feel about Who Jags. cares? No, no, who cares? It's kind of a cool game because I'm obsessed with Minshew Mania. He's awesome. His mustache. He's great. So the Chargers are minus seven and a half favorites at home. Um, I've got the Jags here. I, uh, to me, it's, it's the seven hook is really what's Yeah, it's too many points. Um, the fact that they can lose by a touchdown and still cover, I like the Jags here. Minshew is good. The Chargers' passing defense has not been exceptional. No. Um, I, I think we see LaVisca Chenault have a decent game here. Um, you just enjoyed saying that name, didn't LaVisca you? LaVisca Chenault. He said that just so he could say it on yeah, the show. Yeah, I like, I like. Let's be honest. Repeated it in the mirror in the bathroom a couple times before we started. Um, yeah, I like the Jags. Who you got? I do too. Uh, seven and a half is the reason why. I think the Chargers will win this game. Herbert's been really good for him. Really, I don't think anybody thought he would be this far along this quickly. Uh, but I also think Minshew saw that they were going to see some scoring. I think it's going to be a bit of a back and forth game that comes down to the fourth quarter. So seven and a half is just too many points for me on that. All right, Chiefs at Broncos. Broncos are plus nine against the Chiefs. Um, let's start with a pick first. I'm going with the Chiefs to cover here. Um, I think the Broncos' performance against the Pats was a little like an anomaly. Like, it, it, you know, the, the Broncos beating the Pats last week, I think, was just a strange thing. I don't think they're actually a good team. Um, I don't know how much of that was the Pats being bad or the Broncos being good. Um, but I think it's worth noting the Broncos, in a win, put up 18 points and didn't have a touchdown. They kicked six field goals to they win have, that they game. They have the best kicker in the league. That helped them because McManus is 
been money for a decade. So I've got the Chiefs here. Their offense is, is not going to have any problem with that defense. And, and the Chiefs defense is not as bad as, as people tend to think. I know they focus on the Chiefs offense, but uh, there's not a whole lot working in the Broncos' favor on offense. So I think the Chiefs keep uh, keep it to a two touchdown. Yeah, the, the Broncos played a pat team, you know, excuses or whatever, but they had practiced twice in 16 days. Uh, what makes Belichick so great is his preparation. And they didn't, they didn't get it. Uh, I think you'll see the Pats bounce back uh, down the line here when we talk about that in a second because he actually gets a week of practice like normal. Uh, I think the Broncos were able to take advantage of that. Good for the Broncos. You, you did what you had to do. I'm totally on the Chiefs here. Uh, Mahomes had a little bit of trouble with the weather in, in Buffalo the other day, which surprised me. I didn't think he would. I saw some balls slipping. Him and Allen both actually early in the game were, were missing terribly because it was a little rainy and cold in Buffalo, which – it wasn't that bad. Right. Uh, I, I, I think Mahomes bounces back, even though they won last week. I didn't love, I didn't love the quality of, of, of Mahomes' past week. I think he has a great game. I don't think Denver has a lot to offer. I think the Chiefs minus nine. Was it nine and a half? Nine. Nine. I, I like them. I think, we'll, I think that's a pretty easy All one. All right. Me. Next game is the Patriots, speaking of which. They're at home, two-and-a-half-point favorites over the 49ers, who are just coming off a big bounce-back win. Yeah, I think the Pats bounce back, too. I think they get their week of prep in. I think the Niners are actually maybe back on the rise, we thought, going into the year. This is a team that came off of a Super Bowl loss. Big favorite. Then cl- several clunkers, injuries. Now they're starting to come back from the injuries. This is Jimmy G at New England. This is a pretty big story to the Boston sports fan. Uh, there's already rumors going up in Boston today that the Niners are looking to move on from Jimmy G after the season. Does Belichick want him back because he'll be a lot cheaper than Cam? There's some storylines in this game. Cam, I fully believe, is in a prove-it year. He's back from COVID. He has a week of proper pre- uh, preparation. Love the Pats in this game. Don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means. I think we're looking at a slightly lower scoring type game, but a Pats win by more than two and a half points. Yeah, I'm taking the Pats here too. I think just the statistics with Bill Belichick coming off a loss are wildly in favor of the Patriots winning this game. And I think because it's a two and a half point spread, if they win, they're basically are going to cover right. two. Uh, I'll eat my words if they win by one or something, but um, I, I like the Pats to cover here. Bill Belichick does not lose two games in a row almost ever in his career. So I'm going there. I do like what the 49ers are getting back on offense. Um, they do have, uh, I think it's worth noting, Raheem Mostert is not going to play this week. Right. Uh, McKinnon, Jer- McKinnon's been good. In, He's been good yeah. filling in. They have Debo Samuel coming in to fill in at, at receiver in a big way. He's really had a good performance last week. So the 49ers are kind of getting their mojo back after all their injuries, especially on defense they had early this year, had a big bounce back game. But I don't think they're going to take it from the Pats in this game this week. All right, let's go to, speaking of Pats and former Pats and roster moves they've made, Tom Brady, Gronk had a big week last week. They finally scored a touchdown. The Bucks are at the Raiders. Raiders are two-and-a-half-point underdogs at home against the Bucks. I think we're starting to see what this Bucks defense can be. They, they had their moments last season, uh, and a lot of the ultimate final scores in those games were blamed on Jameis Winston turning the ball over. I think we're starting to see this Bucks defense start to emerge again. What they did to Rodgers last week was shocking. They beat the crap out of him. Their coverage was great. I love the Bucks here. I kind of love the Bucks moving forward. I think that is an awfully low number. To the Raiders' credit, they've really played well. They beat the Chiefs two weeks ago. But, man, I think this Bucks defense is, is about to do some real things. And if they can do real things, then you hand the offense Tom Brady – um, and his weapons, 
the Bucks could now be the Super Bowl favorites in the NFC to play against your Pittsburgh Steelers, where I'm at right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that I love the, the Bucks, at, you know, that much, but they did show that that defense is legit versus a very good Green Bay Packers yeah. offense last week. Shocking so how good they were. I've got the Bucks as well. I, I do want to give a little credit. I feel like I don't acknowledge the Raiders that much, and they have had a very good season, yeah. much better than people thought they were preseason. So a um, little shout-out to the Raiders, but I don't think they win this one against the Bucks. I'm taking them to cover two-and-a-half uh, Bucks favorites there. Okay. Last game, Monday Night Football, 5-1 and one Bears at the L.A. Rams. Rams are five-and-a-half-point favorites at home. I love the Bears. I love the Bears' defense. I think Goff is going to struggle. Uh, I think the Rams absolutely must find a way to run the ball successfully with Henderson uh, and, and kind of their other guys they have there. If they have a shot in this game, I don't think that's going to work. Uh, the Bears' defense is starting to look like that defense from a couple years ago where they were getting in kind of – dominant mode not just good but like really freaking good dominant mode um so because the bears yeah i love the bears here yeah i'm actually really surprised at this line i like the rams i'm still gonna take the rams at minus five and a half but i thought it was gonna be something like within I, i'm shocked at the line too i i, I thought um, it'd be a field goal at most so I, I i like the rams here to cover five and a half i think they're gonna win this game i think mo my, mostly my thought is like the bears are kind of frauds like their offense isn't you know, that legit. I do agree their defense is solid. I think it's um, more than solid, though. I think we're looking at maybe the best defense in the league right now. Sorry, Steelers. I don't know about all that. I take personal offense that I think there are quite a few other teams with better defenses than, than the Bears. Um, but I, I do like the Rams. I think they have more going for them on offense, and I think they're going to win by a touchdown. So that's where I'm going there. That is the, uh, the last NFL game. That's it, man. So... Guys, we'll have the Terps game on Saturday. We're really excited about this. This is the first time we're taking on a Big Ten team. We've always had our, our Georgia crowd, and I think the scheduling gods kind of helped us out. They moved the Georgia game because originally the Georgia-Kentucky game was this week. COVID moved it back to Kentucky some more time uh, because of the way their bye week was, was originally falling. Uh, so we will obviously we will have the D.C. Dogs back in here the following Saturday. They have a noon kickoff on Halloween. Uh, but, yeah, Terps. 7.30 kickoff, we'll start the Terps party at 6 o'clock. We're doing a $30 open bar from 6 to close. Pretty damn good deal. You can get, you can get a lot of drinks from 6 to close. Trust me, I've done it, done it once or twice. It's worthwhile. Uh, and there's, there's only like two tables left legitimately. So please, if you want a table for the Terps game on Saturday, let me know like a freaking sap. Um, Bill, you got anything else? Uh, yeah, it's spooky season. I hope everyone's got some fun costumes Woo! picked out. We got our little skull here. We'll maybe have some costumes or something next week. Oh, uh, I think we're talking about some costumes. I'm, I'm pretty pumped about mine. Uh, <laughs> there'll, be, there'll be a staff theme in Dirty Water going all week long. Uh, we won't tell you what it is, but the second you walk in the door, it'll make a lot of sense, especially in this place. But, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's a great time of the year. Fall football is always a blast. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of sad to see the other sports going away. MLB, maybe by next episode, might be done. So, um, I don't know. But, obviously, peak football season. I'm stoked for it. Excited to have you back this week. Missed you last you. week. Appreciate it. Right. Uh, we'll see how we do. You promised 13 wins. I'll hold you. 13 coming. wins, baby. Hey, that was episode 13. I'm going to get some 13 wins in the NFL picks. Thanks, guys. See you.